0: Discover community, find hope, and experience God. This is Discovering Hope with Pastor Eric Kooner. It's, it's great to, to be with you this morning. I'm excited about what God is going to do over the next few days, this afternoon, uh, and and tomorrow tomorrow night and Tuesday night as well. It's going to be an exciting, exciting time. I just want to give you a few reminders real quick that we are still in the book of Proverbs and uh, today is August the 1st, so which means we start our reading in Proverbs over again. So we were trying to go through Proverbs three times throughout this series, our Life hack series, and so today starts a brand new, brand new day, a brand new start over in the chapter of Proverbs. So if you've not been reading and said, well, I'd like to jump in today," is the day you can. If you have not read Proverbs one this morning, or to this morning, then guess what? This afternoon, when you get home, you can jump in the Proverbs. Don't start reading it now during the message. Wait till later uh, and take time to take time to uh, read in Proverbs and jump in with that as well. Uh, just also after service, we still have our memory cards that we've been passing out. We have some different memory cards for each week, a, a Bible verse uh, that's for each week as we've been going through Proverbs. Those are handed out at the end of service. Our ushers will be. Be outside there, as they collect communion cups today, also with the the memory verse, they can give you that as well. And uh just encourage you guys to continue to stay plugged into your life uh, hat groups if you have those. If you've been involved, or if it's a family group, continue to get those questions, the sermon notes. You can follow along with that as well today in your in the Hope app. Uh, but you can also get those questions as well and discuss those as a family. Discuss them in your life hat group So there's a lot of opportunities that we can do to do community together and do it well together. And uh, we love the fact that what God is doing here at Hope. Today, we're going to continue in our process or through the study of, of Proverbs, and not just studying all the Proverbs, but different portions of what God is speaking. But today, we're going to talk about integrity. Integrity. So I know I've had some fun ones over the last week. Uh, last week we got to talk about drunkenness. Today we're going to talk about integrity in our life and what that looks like. What when we think about integrity, what what do you think about? Does it does it point you to a certain person that is a person of integrity? You're like, oh, it reminds me of a certain person that doesn't have integrity. Or do we think of integrity or thinks of something that we did with integrity, or is it something that we didn't do that didn't show integrity? I think so. A lot of times when we we think of the word integrity, there's a lot of things that can come to mind. There's a story of a CEO that that was about to retire. And so he was looking for the opportunity for a way to begin to bring up his successor. And you may have heard this story, and I've heard this story several times, and I love it, uh, what it represents. But here's the CEO, and so he's looking to bring somebody up. And so he, he begins to look with inside his company, and he, he brings all these young executives in. And he says, hey, I'm going to tell you what we're going to do in a year. In a year, I'm going to retire. I'm going to appoint one of you as the new CEO of this company. But what I want you to do, I'm, I'm going to give you something. I'm going to give you a special seed. And over the next year, I want you to take this seed, and I want you to plant it, and I want you to water it. And in a year, I want you to bring bring back what you've planted. And then by what you have, I will judge your plants, your seed, and that next person, what they bring in, that that person will will be our next CEO. And you're thinking, okay, wow, that's how you're going to pick your CEO. You're going to have them plant the seed and and watch it grow and then bring it back. And that's exactly what he did. What they did. So he he, pant- he passed out all the seeds to his employees. And one of the employees' his name was Jim, and he takes home his he takes home his seed to his wife, and he begins to explain to her what he gets to do. The opportunity. He said, "We're going to plant this seed." So she gets a, a flower pot and she plants the seed, puts it in there, and begins to water it every day. They're watering the seed, waiting for something to happen. Weeks go by, months go by, and he's beginning to hear co-workers talk about their seeds growing, what's beginning to be produced from their seed. And they're talking about all these things that are coming forth. And he's at home and there's nothing happening. The seed's not doing anything. He continues day in, day out. Six months go by, nothing has happened. Finally a year passes by and after all the talk, all the water cooler talk from everybody talking about how well their plants look, how beautiful and amazing they are, the trees, the, the flowers, the shrubs, all this takes place, Jim has nothing. He absolutely has nothing. He's got a jar of dirt. He's got a, with with, with just a seed and nothing that's been produced for it whatsoever. And he's thinking, there's no way I can take this in. And he's sick to his stomach. He's thinking, today's the day that I've got to take this seat in. And I'm probably going to get fired because I have nothing of value. I have nothing that's been represented here. So the day rolls by. And and as he he walks in, he, he grabs his jar of dirt. He comes to 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 work only because his wife convinced him to do it because he thought for a second I'll just stop by Menards and pick up a plant take that in and say, this is this is my seed and she's like no just take what you have be honest with what you have just take it in there and so she convinces him to take his little bucket of dirt and a seed that's sitting there and he walks into the boardroom and everybody begins to laugh. Because all of a sudden he looks around all the amazing flowers and bushes and shrubs and all this stuff. What was produced from their one little seed, but his was nothing. And he's thinking, oh man, they are making—they're laughing at him, and he's—he's he's like, what am I going to do? So he, he kind of slinks to the back of the room, hides behind everybody, he's holding his, his little bucket there, and then the CEO walks in, and he—he he walks in, he begins to look at everybody's plants, and he's bragging how amazing and how beautiful they look, and he's all this thing. All of a sudden, he catches Jim in the back of the room, and he sees Jim standing back there with a, just a bucket, and he's like, Jim, come to the front, come here, Jim, come here, and he's like. Oh dude I've lost I'm losing my job this is it and as Jim approaches the CEO he he asks him he says what happened to your seed and Jim told him the story he said said, I've watered it I planted it I did everything I could to make it grow it just would not work so the CEO says everybody sit down he said I want to announce the new CEO it's Jim and everybody's like what and Jim's like what do you mean my seed didn't produce anything Everybody's laughing. And they're they're all talking. CEO begins to hear him. He said, quiet down. I know what you're saying and what you're thinking. He said, but the thing is, he goes, a year ago, he said, I gave you all the seed. He said, but they were a boiled seed. The seeds were worthless. No matter what you did to the seed, they were not going to produce anything. And most of you took your seeds. When you found out and you figured out it wasn't doing anything, you took and replaced your seed with something else so it would grow. But Jim was the only one that was honest. Jim was the only person that had integrity. Jim was the only one that was willing to bring in a a bucket of dirt with a seed sitting in it that didn't produce anything. And because of that, Jim is now your chief executive officer. So the thing is, so be careful what you plant now because it will determine what you will reap later. Be careful what you plant now. It will determine what you reap later. When when we think of the word integrity, what do we think of? The word integrity has a Hebrew root which means whole, sound, complete, or unimpaired. Integrity is the state or quality of being complete. The freedom from corrupting influence or motive. It speaks of consistency. Integrity is what causes the professional golfer... To put himself in check when nobody else is looking. To, to give himself a deduction when he knows he, he moved the ball or he touched the ball or something took place on an infraction and nobody saw it. Integrity is what keeps the employees from cheating on overtime hours or expense accounts. Integrity is what is what makes the witness tell the truth when nobody else will know. Integrity is what keeps us honest in our taxes. It keeps us faithful to our wives and our husbands away on business trips. Integrity is what keeps our eyes straight and forward. Integrity is what guides us and grounds us. Proverbs twenty one three says, Do what is right and just to do what is right and just is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. To do what is right and just is more acceptable. The thing is, integrity is not so much the way things seem to be or ought to be. Integrity has to do with the way one acts. Integrity is doing the right thing that you said you would do. It's simply letting your yes be yes and your no be no. Anything beyond that attacks your integrity. People of integrity keep their word. So the thing is, is where is your integrity rooted? Where does it come from? Integrity is rooted in the private life. That part of us that is alone with God and that part of us that will live if God remains in us. When we remain in him, he he will continue to remain in us. It's the very picture of the the vine. We must stay attached to the very source that sustains us. We're going to walk through Daniel today and we're going to see in Daniel's life a man who was a man of integrity. You can actually start in Daniel chapter one and begin to read over and over and see the way that God began to bless Daniel because of Daniel's integrity. That continually God set him up, God continued to rise him up to, to great power, to great leadership. And a person that was raised to that is mainly because of their integrity. And Daniel was a great example of integrity. But in Daniel chapter six, it's also the story of Daniel in the lion's den. But it's so much more than just that. It's what led him to the lion's den. It's the reason that he went to the lion's den was because of his integrity. It's because of the man in which, who who he was and the way he he lived his life. So the first thing is integrity is rooted in our private life. Integrity is rooted in our private life. When we look at Daniel in the very first chapter or the very first verse of chapter six there, Babylon has just fell and Daniel was elevated to one of the three commissioners that was responsible for overseeing 120 different governors. And the king gave thought, even gave thought to setting him over the whole kingdom. I don't think a king's just willing to do that to anybody to say, well, I'm not only making you a commissioner over all these governors, but I'm even thinking about making you the man, the man, putting you in charge over the whole kingdom. Like you're just going to be right here beside me and we're going to lead together. Everything we do... Daniel was only thought about that because of his integrity. The life in which he lived because of the blessing of God. God continued to bless him over and over and over again. It's because it's where he was rooted. is where his life was rooted at. His, his relationship was rooted at. The thing is something was different about him. Something was different about Daniel. It was his integrity. It was It was because it was rooted in his private life. Daniel six three says, Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. Other versions of scripture says he had an excellent spirit about him. Everything that Daniel did was done with the fact that he was rooted in his relationship with God. The way he led, the way he governed, the way he spent time with his friends. Everything was stemmed from where he lived his life, who he was rooted in. When the Bible says that Daniel had an excellent spirit in him, it simply means that the spirit of God dominated Daniel's life. Integrity that is rooted in the private life of having a deep-rooted life with Christ is what brings character. It's what we do when nobody sees us. It's when nobody's looking. That's what we do when it begins to reveal in who we are, begins to recognize in who we are in our life. That's where integrity comes from. It's spending time with God. Solomon writes in Proverbs eleven three. 3, the integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. That means they're destroyed by their deceitfulness. They're destroyed by their, their double dealing. And how we, we live our life is going to be examples of where our life is rooted at, who we've we spent time with. It will be a reflection. It will begin to, begin to see in our actions. The thing is, Daniel was able to make a difference in the world and culture because of his integrity. Because of his integrity was rooted in that private place along with God, then it was reflected in his personal life. So integrity is reflected in our personal life. Not only is it rooted in our private life, which where it should start. Then it begins to be reflected in our personal life. When we are rooted in Christ, when we're attached to the source... We begin to see that there's something different about who we are. There's something different about our identity. The way we respond with our family and in our, in our personal life. That means with our family, our friends, those around us, those that are closest to us, our children. When we become rooted in Christ, there's the change of identity and who we are in Him. Which begins to flow out from our, our lives. The thing is we think differently. We believe differently, we feel differently, we love differently, we live differently because of our relationship with the Father. Because of our relationship with Christ, it's because it's where we're rooted at. Everything stems from that. Everything stems from within our heart and begins to flow out of us. And so in our personal life, people begin to see in which the way we live, the the, the way which we respond. Is our yes a yes? When we say that we're going to do something, do we back it up as our word? Do we keep our word in a sense of saying this is who we are because we want to reflect Christ? So since Daniel's integrity was rooted in his private life, we now see the result that it was reflected in his personal life. He was reflected in those that he spent the most time with. You think of his, probably three of his best friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You, you see that time and time again, how those of their relationship, how they spent time, how, they, how he went to them in prayer, but also how God continued delivered and moved in Daniel's life. Those even around that he worked with, they began to see there was something different in his life. Those that he was the closest with, those that he spent the most time, they, they recognized in his life that there was something different. There was something different about him. It was because it stemmed where he was rooted at in his private life. Integrity takes us to the place that we have to understand everything comes from that connection with the Father. In in Daniel 6, 4, it says the administrators and the leaders tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. When so we see that, you think about how when he's saying he's, he's trustworthy. There's nothing that they can look at in his life, nothing in his dealings. Anything that he did government-wise, there's nothing. And all that all those closest to him can find nothing wrong with him whatsoever. All that he did, he was absolutely person of integrity. The thing is, Daniel's word was his bond, and he could be depended upon. He didn't change with shifting winds of public opinion or personal pressure. His integrity was reflected in his personal dealings, in his personal life. Is what we begin to see in the next few, few verses of Daniel those that he worked closest with, for some reason, his integrity made them jealous. For some reason, there was something different about Daniel that they didn't like. To be this person with so much character and so much integrity in life that people don't like you and his colleagues didn't like him the people that he worked around, his friends those that he spent day in and day out governing with, for some reason all of a sudden didn't like the way he did his business, didn't like the way he did life didn't like the way he lived with his integrity so they decided to try to destroy Daniel's life, well, they, first of all they couldn't find anything so they said we'll, 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 we'll attack his faith we know that evidently that he's a man of faith They had to know something because they said we can't find nothing wrong with him in his dealings. So let's try to do something and attack him in in his faith, and his relationship with God. Because we know he's a man of prayer. We know he's a man that's dedicated to God. We know that he's a man that's connected. There's something. So they've had to realize these things or they wouldn't go after his relationship with God. They knew who he was. They knew that his God was different than their God. They knew that he only served one God. If you look back continually through Daniel, you begin to see revealed over and over that he has given praise to the one true God. Time and time again. And time and time again, he's set up to higher places in leadership. Higher places in the kingdom because of his relationship. Because of his relationship with the Father. So they begin to look for ways to investigate him. They look for ways to try to set him up. They look for things to do. So they go to King Darius and basically, and they say, hey, here's what we're going to do. We want to make, we want to make a decree. We've talked to everybody, which was a lie. They had not talked to Daniel. Daniel was not on the same page with these guys, but they were looking to trap Daniel. They're looking to bring destruction into his life for some reason. So they'll go to the king and they said, we want to do is we, we want to, for the next 30 days is we want to take and, and make you a, make you a God. Which may, they may have said it that way, but if anybody prays to anybody else but you, if anybody consults any other God besides you, then we need to throw him to the lion's den. So somehow they convinced him to go along with these plans that for 30 days, that if anybody did anything else and prayed to any other God, that they would be thrown into the lion's den. And so the king makes the decree, signs the paper, said, yes, let's do this. So the decree was made and now what is Daniel to do? What is Daniel to do in this process? Now there's this decree, this thing that says if you do anything else, if you pray to anybody else, Daniel goes straight upstairs to his upper room, opens the windows of his room towards Jerusalem, knelt down on his knees and prayed and gave thanks before his God three times that day. Three times he goes and he begins to pray to his God. Integrity is the fact of continuing in the process of living for your Father, living for God the Father, living in a relationship with Christ, staying rooted regardless of what is said, what is passed, what laws, what decrees, what may be said that you can and cannot do. People telling you you can't take God into the schools. Well most certainly you can. You can't take God into your workplace. You most certainly can. Nobody can stop you from praying. Nobody can stop you from sitting down and reading your word. Nobody can stop you at a certain time, of break or whatever it may be for spending time with the Father. Have integrity to stay attached to the root. To say no matter what I will be rooted in God. I will stay and keep my integrity intact. I will c- keep my relationship intact with the Father. That which was rooted in the private world is now reflected in the personal world. He didn't cower down. He didn't bow down. He was willing to say, I'm going to stay connected and stay rooted to the Father. My integrity will stay intact. Because they were hoping that Daniel would go in and deny spending time. Because with his windows open, I'm sure as he's praying, people heard it. They knew it. If they'd already been trying to investigate him, I'm sure they're like little little rats and spies going around trying to go to his house and catch him in something. But they never could find anything. All they knew that he was a man of integrity and they loved spending time with the father daniel what he's doing is showing us that to have influence and to make a difference in our culture integrity is the key we might have all the intellect and intensity and insight in the world but without integrity we will never influence our culture integrity is rooted in our private world but consequently it is then reflected in our personal world Integrity is reinforced, is now reinforced in our professional life. It not only rolls in from the fact of our private and personal, but it rolls into our professional. Integrity is, in fact, rooted in the private world to be reflected in the personal world and thus reinforced in the professional world. In our jobs and how we do life, how we do life amongst those that we work with day in and day out. What's been rooted will be reinforced. On the job. We don't, we don't live this way at home with our family and our personal and our private and spend time with God and, and show something different to our children. And, and we sit down and have devotions and we have communion and we have time with our family. And all of a sudden we get to work and it's like, oh, we, we, we kind of close that. We kind of close that off because over here that we step into the professional world. We, we're going to be somebody that's a little bit different because business has got to be done a certain way, right? we Even though it may not just be on the up and up all the time, it's just the way it's done. Business dealing sometimes can kind of cross the line, but hey, that's just the way things work, right? That's just the way we're supposed to do it. That's not a great example of being a person of integrity, is doing business the right way, is doing it with a a purpose that you're making sure you treat the the people that you work with or the people that you're doing business deals the same way that you would treat anybody else, the same way you you react in in your private life and in your personal life. It can become very blurred in our in our professional life. But if it's not rooted, first of all, in private, then it's not going to be reinforced in our professional life. It has to become something that, that constantly just ingrained in us and flows no matter what we do from where we go. No matter what dealings, no matter where we're at and how we're doing life in business, where it's at, we're doing it with a way of an integrity. The commissioners and the the politicians that tried to find grounds for an accusation against Daniel regarding government affairs, they could find nothing against him. No matter, no deed, nothing. No matter how hard they looked, they tried to find anything. There was nothing to look into his business dealings, how he governed, how he led. He was a man of integrity. He truly loved the people which he got to serve. is because of his relationship with the father. Because it stemmed from where he spent most of his time. Because of his integrity to spend time with God. They checked and they audited and they did possibly everything they can do to find something to bring charge against him, But there was nothing. He kept his way straight. He kept his mouth shut. He was willing to do what he's supposed to. He didn't talk about people. He didn't do this and he did. so. Everything he did, we have constantly have to be careful how we how we do our business. And Proverbs four chapter twenty uh, chapter four verses twenty four through twenty seven says, "Keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips." Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. Proverbs 10.9 says, Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but whoever takes crooked paths will be found out. And in Proverbs 28, 6. Better is a poor man who walks in his integrity than a rich man who is crooked in his ways. Integrity. is wrapped throughout scripture time and time again. We see it in the, the lives in, uh, of men and women constantly throughout scripture. And we can see it in our lives. That if we're rooted in our private life with God, then it's going to be reinforced in our professional life. It's also going to be revealed in our, in our public life. Our, our, I mean, our, uh, our personal life. The thing is, as, as followers of Christ, to be people of integrity in all we do, especially in the workplace, like Daniel, there should be found no charge or fault in us. I believe in the in the in, a, in the marketplace in the workforce is one of the biggest opportunities we have to is to engage our culture and to and have an opportunity to transform it by our integrity. People want to see something that's real, something that's deep, something that's true. And even the biggest place that we get to influence is every day on the job. No matter where we're at, what we're doing. is how do we treat our employees? How do we treat our coworkers? What do we say? What do we do? How do we live our life in front of them? Are we looking just to have monetary gain for our life? Are we looking that it's always about more money? And no matter the means, we, we want to get to that place. And it does, so if we cut corners, we, we do it because we're going to save some money. When you think about a integrity, sometimes you think about a building, a place that has a firm foundation. But if somebody comes in, a builder, and they cut the corners here, and they cut corners there, it it challenges the integrity of that building. It's no longer as firm as it should be. And there's weak areas that can cause disaster. We even saw this over the past month. Where buildings collapsed because of a lack of integrity. Where people cut corners and didn't do the job correctly. And people suffered and lives were lost because of a lack of integrity. And we have to understand the influence that we have in people's life if there's a lack of integrity. Some people that maybe you've been witnessing. Some people in your job that you've been talking to about inviting them to come and have a relationship with Jesus. Or come and be a part of just coming to church one day. But all of a sudden, they may see you do something that's not on the up and up. And they're like, why would I want to be of any part of that? If that's how you as a Christian do dealings, or that's how you do work, or or you cut corners. We have to be a people that's willing to say, I want to be a person of integrity. And how I love, and how I deal, and how I do life for those around. Paul says in Ephesians that we are to do our work with good will, doing service as to the Lord, not to men. That means how we deal with people or the deals we make must be reinforced in Christ's compassion and love. How we do our jobs and the time spent should be done with integrity. That was Daniel's philosophy. That was Daniel's goal is to make sure he was a person of integrity, how he did his life, how he did work with those around him. The thing is we cannot begin a life of integrity in the professional arena. We must have it before we get there. It's not, if it's not rooted there, it will surely be reinforced there. If it's rooted in our, in our private life, then it will be reinforced in our professional life. It's not just going to start one day without it being rooted somewhere. It has to start in a relationship. Integrity is the most important ingredient we can have in engaging our culture. And the last thing is integrity is revealed in our public life. It's revealed in our public life. When we're in public, people see us. When we're out and about, when we're on a stage, a platform, when we're out in shaking hands, when we're out in the grocery store, when we're out and about on a, on a golf course, when we're out doing things publicly, people see us. And it's, and it's one of those things that will be revealed in our public life. Daniel was thrust into the spotlight. All of a sudden, his integrity took him to his knees to pray. He's thrown into the lion's den. It's made a public, public spectacle of what are you going to do? Are you going to be a man of integrity? Are you going to cower? Are you going to be a man that does right? Are you going to be a man that keeps your word? Daniel's thrust into the spotlight. He's he's thrust into the public eye. And he's thrown into the lion's den. Spent the night there. Hanging out. Angels. Snuggling up with a few lions in there. Keeping warm throughout the night. People are wondering, man, he's thrown in. What's going to happen and what's, what's going to save him? He, he is done for. These lions are probably starving. They're probably ready to eat. But God saved him. God kept him throughout the night. It talks about in, in the remainder of Daniel Of, of Daniel there that, that King Darius couldn't even sleep that night. He was waiting all night. He was fretting because I believe that he knew exactly who Daniel was. And he knew exactly the integrity which, which was in Daniel. Or he would have been so worried and so concerned and so upset that he made this decree that he he was duped, he was fooled into doing something that he shouldn't have done. But he made this decree and so he had to follow through with it. And it says that, that, that King Darius spent the whole night basically just walking back and forth, pacing, and he couldn't sleep thinking and, and probably saying somebody please deliver him something probably praying to his God all throughout the night that something would take place it says he runs down in the morning and yells down into the down into the den yelling for Daniel yelling out and Daniel probably wakes from his stupor rubbing sleep out of his eyes and shakes the, the lions and hey guys, it's time to get up we're going to get you some breakfast in a little bit it's not going to be me it's going to be somebody else he says, O king, as, he, as, the, as uh, Daniel speaks out, he says, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. So the king's question to Daniel is one of our, uh, our cultures asking us today. Is our God whom we serve able to deliver us? Does our culture today see people of integrity? Are we people of our word, the way we do life? In our public life, in our private life, in our personal life, in our professional life, what do they see within us? Are we people of integrity? The thing is, Daniel's faith won the victory that day. It delivered him that day. Daniel was not in a lion's den because he had done, nothing, he had done something wrong. He was there because he had done something right. He'd done it the right way. He was a person of integrity, a man of integrity integrity is ultimately revealed in the public life what we do when the cashier gives us too much change in return return or we get home and realize we didn't pay for something or we find a wallet full of cash laying what do we do with that to be like huh god's blessed me there's somebody's wallet with their driver's license and everything and all this money money in the pocket wallet in the trash or to be like no Integrity is returning. Integrity is when you walked out and, you go and realize you didn't pay for something and not go, Oh, man, I got that for free. Well, the cashier gave me way too much money back. It's making the trip back. It's publicly coming back and saying, You know what? This didn't belong to me. Or accidentally took this. Our current culture brings new challenges to our, to our faith every day. Our value systems, our truth claims, our moral compass, they're going to be challenged every day in our life. But even if we look to ourselves, even we see in Daniel's life, he had a different spirit in his life. different Something was different. He was a man of integrity. He not only addressed his culture, but also engaged it and influenced it for good. He was willing to walk with his integrity. He was willing to let his light, his life be a light, to be an example, to be seen, to be shown. Daniel's God is the same God which we serve. The challenge to us is dare to be a Daniel. Dare to stand alone. Dare to have a purpose firm. Dare to make it known. Just dare to live with integrity. Are we rooted? Is it reflecting? Is it reinforced? And then it's going to be revealed in our life. In all that we do and how we live our life. Do we live it well? Do we represent Christ well? This morning we're going to Receive communion, and I love to, to think even how the the integrity of of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and what He instilled in His disciples, and what He spoke into the disciples' life day in and day out. A man of integrity, a man of His word, a, a perfect man. But day in and day out, the disciples had the opportunity to be rooted in Christ, and they struggled and they had their faults and they messed up just like we do all the time and we can see their story throughout scripture time and time again and God would teach them and Jesus would teach them and he would love them and bring them back but he was teaching them to be rooted in him he was teaching them to always be mindful of their surroundings also to teaching them to to remember what he done what he gave And to be rooted in the most important thing is a reminder that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior and the sacrifice he gave. Communion helps us to remember that. It reminds us of a sacrifice. It reminds us of his love. It reminds us of his grace. Of his integrity. We're going to worship in just a second. We're going to have communion after that. We'll partake of the elements after we worship. But we want to take time to reflect. We want to take time to, when we do step into worship, as God, we want you to reveal into our life. We want you to speak that, Lord, that you where we are rooted, it's going to be reinforced in everything. It's going to be revealed. It's going to be shown. It's going to be reflected in our character and our lives. You know, communion also tells us as we do that, it's, it is a time to reflect. It is a time to look into our lives and to examine who we are. It's not only a reminder of God's grace, but it's also a reminder in our love. Of, are we in a place that we need to be? Are, are we doing the things in our life right? He said that as he spent time with his disciples, that he was there in that upper room, and he, that he took the, the bread as they were there together and he, and he broke it. And he said, this is my body that is broken, that is given for you. And to do this and remember it's of to me. And he also took the cup When they were sitting there after supper. And he says, he takes the cup and he said, this, this is my blood which is poured out for you. It's a, it's a covenant. It's a reminder of the sacrifice. The freedoms that you will receive. The grace, the mercy of salvation for healing, for restoration to do what you do in remembrance of me as much as you do this every time be reminded of who I am. You stand with us this day, this morning as we, we just spend time in reflection and worship and allow God to speak to us. I want to encourage you today to become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. That means our lives are rooted in Him. That you let God love you, that you love Him in return and that you would love others in Jesus' name. Go be the church.